0: but I don't, I don't know what's <laughs> going on up there <laughs> just don't ask questions Well hello guys welcome back episode 14 Hello it is um, a beautiful blustery day outside it is I don't know what it's gonna be like when this launches to you guys but yeah. We're kind of stockpiling a little bit here to get us ready for Christmas. We are. It's like a... The holidays are coming, tis the season. Exactly. We're really excited because we're going to look for like a... Good Christmas Christmas-y theme one, one because when And no, is it Christmas. won't be John's Bene Ramsey. I know. Like, we hear you. We do. I love me some John Bene Ramsey. I'm like a John Bene Ramsey freak. That'll be like our hundredth episode. Yeah. Spectacular. I just want to do that one <laughs> a lot of justice because I've done a lot of research mm-hmm. and I have a very well thought out theory on this. But I'm just not ready for it yet. I'm just not there. And I haven't started. So. So, it will not be John JonBenet Ramsey. I know. Hang on. Stay with us. We'll get there eventually. <laughs> we got to keep you on the hook somehow. <laughs> but we'll f- and it probably won't be Lacey Peterson either. No, it won't be. Although <laughs> that is a Christmas one, and I'm super into that one as well. Uh-huh. But maybe next Christmas. Which, speaking of him, Scott Peterson, I thought he was 100% guilty, which I shouldn't even give this away because it's... But that's fine. I thought he was 100% guilty until I watched the documentary Mm -hmm. about him. And, like, he's a total D-bag, for lack of a better term. Oh, yeah, he's terrible. But there are maybe reasons that he could not have killed her. Like, he may be innocent of killing her. He may be a terrible husband and et cetera, et cetera. But there is some evidence that shows that he maybe didn't kill her. So, Mm -hmm. someday we'll get to that one, too. Teaser. Yes. (laughs) But, yeah. but today we're talking about an equally creepy lady. Oh, she is a bad bee. She is a bad bee. She is like you wouldn't want to catch her in a dark alley. Cause I wouldn't want to catch her in a well lit no. room. No, I don't know. Like so, t- I guess we'll just say her name, Catherine Knight. She is from Australia. Thank God. I know. Sorry if you're listening from Australia. You got one. Dad killer. Yes. So Catherine came from a very dysfunctional family. Um her father was a good friend of her mother's first husband, who she divorced because she was having an affair with Catherine's dad. I was so say, basically the mom was sleeping with the husband's best friend and the best friend is Catherine's dad. Yeah, I had like a tough time writing all this yeah. out. I, there was affairs and children yeah. and children all everywhere. over everywhere, yeah. Um, Catherine was a twin. She was the younger of the two. Her father was an alcoholic. He was violent and used rape as a way to control his wife. So that's good. Yeah. That's that's nice. Just what you want. Um, so Catherine's mom obviously had a pile of her own issues, Mm -hmm. but... She would share details with her children about her sexual encounters and how much she hated both men and sex. Yeah, like way too much TMI mm -hmm. for your children. Yeah. So when Catherine was, like, in her early teen years, I want to say that it was, like, 14-ish, she told her mother that a sexual partner of hers wanted to do things that she wasn't comfortable with, and her mom told her, put up with it and stop complaining. Momma so like <laughs> no, it's a hundred percent understandable that Catherine was um, not mentally stable because I think she just had a very bad upbringing. Yeah, and this is one where you never, definitely see like yeah, where it came where the from tendencies from a bit. start mm-hmm. and like never had a chance basically. No, so. Um, there was only a couple people that Catherine was close to in her life. One was her twin sister, and one was her uncle Oscar, who was a champion horseman. Aww. Uh, he committed suicide in 1969, and I think this was another thing that just, like, sent Catherine over the edge. Yeah. Um, like, totally devastated her, and to this day, she still believes that his ghost visits her regularly. I know. So, Ooh, I there's, so there's that. Not that I don't believe in ghosts. And maybe I mean, he does, but... <laughs> But that's a topic for another Mm -hmm. day. Her sanity is definitely in question. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) As a high schooler, Catherine was kind of a loner, but she was a bully to younger kids. So, like, she was kind of not cool herself, but, like, was a loner, a big bully. She assaulted a classmate with a weapon. She she was injured by a teacher who they came to find out was acting in self-defense. Oh, no. So she was, like, beating the crap out of her teacher. Wow. Mm Mm-hmm. But otherwise a good student. <laughs> yeah. She was a very <laughs> she was a very well behaved student. She wasn't very smart. She never learned to read or write. Oh, interesting. Like she could sound things out, but or she whatever. like yeah. listened. And she wasn't a good she wasn't good academically, but she was a good student, well behaved, and then she would just like fly into a rage. So sure. which Catherine are we talking to, you know? Right. Um, age fifteen, she dropped out of high school and didn't learn to read or write, which by the age of fifteen, usually you know how to read and write, but it's surprising. Yeah, because what year was this? This was in the early like six, sef- or late sixties, early seventies. Yeah, so that's surprising mm-hmm. for someone in school <laughs> up to that age yeah. to not have those skills. But I think she like did okay. Like I think she, she got could buy. read. And, I think she could read and write, but it just wasn't um, by any means where she should, where she should have yeah. been. Um, age sixteen, she began her dream job as a butcher. (laughs) Yeah, I don't. I mean, if you have a dream, she was. You go. She got promoted to the boning part of it, not in that way, but the like the boning of the animal. (laughs) (laughs) Um, after she was promoted to this boning department, (laughs) I can't. I can't. Her knives that she got for being. Moved to this department, We'll yeah, just put it that way. They were like a way. special gift. They were a special gift. She hung them above her bed at home so they would always be handy if she needed them. I mean. And she continued this habit everywhere she lived yep. until she was arrested. So that's good. I mean, like, I, I mean, I, I, if, could, you're, if you bring a guy home with you and he gets there <laughs> and you have butcher knives hanging above your bed, how's that gonna, like, wouldn't you be like, oh, hard pass, gotta go? Right? I don't need it that bad. But apparently not, because we're gonna talk about how many boyfriends she this had. A cat. lot had, but no. And I mean, I'm not gonna like. I've thought, I've considered about pla- like placing a knife or a weapon by my bed or in my Yeah, knife but you like stand. hide it. You don't hang them you don't above hang your bed. your your work knives above. Like, I just can't. <laughs> I mean, I totally get it. I've been scared living by myself before too, and put like a knife beside my bed or whatever. Yes, but like, but, like displaying your butcher knives. Oh my god. Yep, yeah, that one I found. <sighs> I, so wow. in nineteen seventy four, Catherine met David Kellett um at the butcher shop where they worked. David liked to party, he was a big drinker. Um he at one time had witnessed his best friend being killed in a workplace accident. They worked for the railroad and had also been present for an accident when a train hit a school bus and killed <sighs> six children and he helped remove the kids from the bus. Oh gosh. So I think that kind of explains like where the disconnect lies with his psyche and just yeah, <clears throat> his heavy like drinking. Really traumatizing. And he ended up losing his job on the railroad for his drinking and erotic behavior. And that's what basically how he ended up at the butcher shop. Because if you have erotic behavior, why wouldn't you go work at a place where you cut up meat all Here's day? Here's some knives. But, you know. Good luck. Um... <laughs> While they were dating, David occasionally had uh, relations, we'll call it, with Catherine's twin sister. <gasps> no, I didn't see Which is that. interesting. Um, they also got in... Catherine and David also got into lots of bar fights together. <laughs> so Catherine would it's defend... It's not funny. Domestic violence yeah, is not it's funny. Not okay. but... They so if David started to get into like a bar brawl, Catherine was like happy to jump in. Like she was all about So did it. she like have his back or was she She like had him. his back. Oh go girl. Well no. I'm just like, again not promoting violence. Yeah. Like but she would like go after people. Jeez. Um then <laughs> <laughs> at their wedding, they arrived on a motorcycle with a drunk David driving. Like heavily intoxicated. Um And the day of their wedding, Catherine's mother, who we all know, like we talked about, maybe not the best role model, told David, you better watch this one or she'll bleeping kill you. Stir her up the wrong way or do the wrong thing and you're blanked. So I mean... Beeped. Don't ever think of playing up on her, aka cheating on her. She'll bleeping kill you. Like, this is your mom. But, I mean, mom... I did Maybe a very good job wrong. with those bleeps, good too. Job. I'm proud of myself. I don't even have to edit them at all. We can remain um, a clean podcast for you people. Yes. So, <laughs> to make matters worse, on the night of their wedding, Catherine tried to strangle David because he fell asleep after they had only had sex three times. Shit. Like, the oh. night of your wedding, you're trying to strangle your husband. No, it's not enough. She was going to choke him. Yeah, she, like, actually tried to kill him. Yeah. Um, their marriage was... Start to finish was very, very violent. But it lasted for ten years. Yeah, it was like the can't live with them, can't live without them type of thing, I think. While she was really pregnant with her first child, she burned all of his clothes and hit him in the back of the head with a frying pan because he arrived home late from a dart tournament. I mean, I we've mean, all been all there. Been a little angry. I haven't hit my husband in the head with a frying pan. I've maybe locked the bedroom door a time or two, but right, like there's fights or maybe some silent treatments, but never frying pans. Never, never frying pan. No. I've thought about it sometimes. <laughs> um, during this incident, she broke David's skull, and he ran to a neighbor's for help, and actually ended up like needing to be treated at oh the hospital. My gosh. But she talked him out of pressing charges. So, oh, this is just mm-hmm. not a good relationship. Their first child was born in 1976, Melissa Ann. And right around the time, not long after Melissa was born, David left Catherine for another woman. What did Catherine's mama tell him? Whew. Yeah, not good. No. Um, the day after he left Catherine, she was seen throwing their stroller around, going down the street with her newborn in it, like slamming it into fences <gasps> and stuff. Mm-hmm. hmm she was admitted to the hospital for postpartum depression and spent several weeks there. I think it's more than postpartum depression, but uh, I've had postpartum depression and I, I don't take it lightly, but like this is 100% way more than well, postpartum this was, depression. She obviously yes. had rage issues yes. to begin with. So um, After she was released, she went and got her daughter again and she put her on a railroad track to get her run over by a train, stole an axe and went to town and threatened to kill several people. <laughs> okay, yeah. and this is M- Melissa the- was rescued before the train came, oh but like God. Bre- like barely made it. Mm-hmm. And like, how was this lady not locked up? Yeah, long before. Well, this? she was. She was arrested well, and taken to the mental hospital again, where she checked herself out the next day because she snapped out of it. Oh, okay. Putting your baby on a railroad yeah. track, no biggie, mm-hmm. as long as you're okay the next day. Um, a few days later, she cut a woman in the face with her knife and demanded she drive her to find David, because David had taken off with this other woman. The woman escaped, and by the time police arrived, she was holding a young boy hostage with her knife. Uh, she was arrested and taken to the psychiatric hospital again. Third time in a week-ish. She told nurses at the hospital she planned to kill the mechanic at the gas station she had been at because he fixed David's car and let him leave her. Oh. Mm-hmm. A lot of solid logic here. Once she killed the mechanic, then she was going to drive to where David was and kill David and his mother. What does his poor mom have to do with this? Well, it's her fault. <laughs> I'm After hearing this, it. David moved back and took care of both Catherine and his mom. Like, he was freak, kind of freaked out, left the woman he had left Catherine for, and came back to her. So that's nice. Oh, my. She was released from the hospital in 1976 and moved to a suburb of Brisbane, Australia. I'm not familiar with the geography of Brisbane, but, or Australia in general. Uh, she got a job at a butcher shop again. March 1980, they had another child together, Natasha Marie. 1984, things just, so from 1980 to 1984, things just kind of coasted in and out of crazy town. In 1984, Catherine left David and moved and was on disability for a back injury. So between 1984 and 1986, there's really nothing substantial. Catherine's doing what Catherine does sure 1986 she met david saunders and they moved in together within a few months um she became increasingly jealous and would frequently throw him out of the house so he kept his apartment just just in case smart man uh may of 1987 she slit his new his new puppy's throat just to show him what she would do if he cheated i know i still she then knocked him out with a frying pan oh (laughs) she really has her way with the frying pan yeah Yeah, she also... I'm not sure what he did, but at one point uh, she stabbed him in the stomach with mm -hmm. scissors. Yep. Um, That was after an argument. She hit him in the face with an iron and stabbed him with a scissor. So, Sure. 1988, um, June, they gave, she gave birth to their daughter, Sarah, so, like, after she slits your dog's throat, then a couple months later, you get her pregnant. I mean, that makes sense. I mean, I just feel like we're all making very good decisions here. Um, the birth of Sarah kind of prompted David to try and settle down and make things work, so he bought a house for them, which she decorated in animal skins, skulls, horns, rusty animal traps, leather jackets, old boots, machetes, rakes, and pitchforks. Floor to ceiling. Like the ceiling, every, th- there was not a blank inch in the place. So it was like a, basically like a horror film so, set. yeah, so I wonder, mm-hmm. so I was just watching Fixer Upper today and they were talking about, you know, rustic Italian style and yeah. classic farmhouse. What would you, what would you call this? Horror film. Horror mm-hmm. chic. <laughs> so it was after they moved into the house together that they got into the argument when she hit him with the iron and then stabbed him with the scissor. Sure.
1: And then he, when Did
0: then, he get rid of his apartment at this point? Nope. He moved out and she cut up all of his clothes with, I would assume, that scissor. Oh, well, I mean. <laughs> he took a leave from his job and went into hiding because. I would. That bee don't play. <laughs> <laughs> um, he, when he returned to see his daughter, he found out that Catherine had went to the police and said that she was afraid of him. Yeah. So, she like, was what like a totally, manipulator. Yeah, it was all, like, he said, she said at mm-hmm. that point. And I'm guessing back in the 80s and whatever, you know, it was probably a lot more believable that the man was committing the violence, of course, which is totally... Even today, that stigma, like, it's still a thing now, you know? it's just, like, a bad stereotype. So, um, they eventually broke up after all of this back and forth, and after she went to the police saying that she was afraid of him... Um, 1990, Catherine met John Chillingworth, which that's quite a last name. I kind of like it. I know, I do too. She got pregnant. I'm seeing a pattern here. Uh, Yeah, husbands and babies. And gave birth to her son, Eric. Uh, she left him after three years because she was having an affair with a man named John Price. Also, she likes to repeat names. Two Davids, two Johns. Mm -hmm. I noticed that. So, John Price had three children of his own. He was a terrific bloke, according to his friends. Aww. He was aware of Catherine's violent tendencies, um, but things were just kind of okay between them. 1998, they got in a fight because Price refused to marry Catherine. Uh, She videotaped items he had stolen from his work and sent them to his boss, which led him to get fired. Which, come to find out later, that it was stuff that had been, like, thrown away, but it was medical equipment, and basically his boss had no choice, and he had been at this job for, like, over 10 years. I want to say it was 14 years. Uh, that day, he kicked her out of the house. Months later, they reconciled, but Price refused to let her live there, so you, we can be together, but you're not living here. This led to their fighting becoming more and more frequent, and his friends wouldn't have anything to do with him when he was with Catherine, so they're like, man, we love you, but, like, like we guys- can't... Yeah. We can't be a part of this. You gotta get Mm -hmm. rid of this girl. She is no good for you. So February of 2000, the couple had kind of gone back and forth repeatedly assaulting each other. (laughs) Yeah. At one point she told him, you'll never get me out of this house, I'll do you in first. Yep. So, which, it ended up with Catherine stabbing Price in the chest. So she's really into the stabbing. Uh, He kicked her out of the house. So much assault. Yes, and filed a restraining order against her uh, to protect himself and his children. That very day, he went to work and told his co-workers that if he didn't show up to work, it was because she had killed him. Yeah. So, when he got home from work that day, he found out that Catherine had sent his kids to a friend's house to have a sleepover. Which really freaked him out, and he spent the evening at his neighbor's just kind of, like, to be with company before Mm -hmm. he went home and went to bed. Yeah. So, like, you're worried that she's going to come kill you, but you go home to sleep alone at your house, but that's fine. You do you. Uh, That night, Catherine showed up at his house while he was sleeping. Before she showed up there, she was uh, taking videos of her kids at her house. She bought a new set of black lingerie. Like, she was just on the crazy train. Oh, my. Um, She watched some TV. She showered and woke up Price. They had sex, and he fell back asleep. So, like, oh, I was worried that you were going to murder me, but just one more time. Yeah, and, like, Mm -hmm. apparently we're good, you know, no problem. Mm Mm-hmm. So, March 1st, the next morning, 6 a.m., his car hasn't left for work, and he didn't arrive. So, his car was still at his house. He never showed up to work. Yeah, his coworker. um was definitely suspicious and went to his house. Yeah, and the boss was like, you better go check this out. So he went to check on him and called police right away because he noticed blood on the front door. Mm -hmm. Uh, Police broke in the back door and found his body along with Catherine in a coma from taking pills, trying to overdose. She had stabbed him with a butcher's knife while he was sleeping. Allegedly. He woke up and tried to run... Uh, She chased him through the house. He even, like, almost got, or, like, he got outside, and she dragged him Mm -hmm. back in. And eventually died from bleeding out. Catherine then left and went and withdrew $1,000 from his bank account at the ATM. Oh, gosh. He had been stabbed over 37 times, mostly in his vital organs. A couple hours after he died, she strung his body up and skinned him from a meat hook in his living room. Yeah. And, like, she was skilled at this because yes. this was her job, so... His skin was completely intact from, like, the top of his head to the tip of his toes. Yeah. Like, she did such a good job, they were able to reattach his skin for his funeral service. Yeah. That is too much. Oh, it much. was too much. She decapitated him as well and cooked parts of his body. hmm Um, They found, yeah, they found when the police came in his head sitting in a pot on the stove with veggies, Mm yeah, and it was still warm. And there was two places set at the table for his two children, with like meat, potatoes, and the meat was from John. Yeah, and there was also a third plate thrown outside in his backyard. So what they think is that she like tried to allegedly eat eat some of his body and wasn't couldn't stomach it or whatever and threw it outside yeah but she didn't she claim to not Mm -hmm. remember any of this um so she arranged his body with like a coke big coke bottle or something They, they said that she was trying to like taunt them or something but I didn't quite understand how the body was situated and she left a handwritten note saying time got you back Jonathan for raping my daughter you two back for Ross for little John, now play with little John's dick, John Price. Doesn't make it doesn't any even sense. Make sense. No. And plus, like I want to say, the alleged rape was totally yeah. unfounded. Yeah, there was they were never substantiated. There was no grounding for it. Nothing to support it. Yeah. Um, the note was covered in blood and small please small pieces of flesh. <sighs> I just oh I just can't. Ugh. Like this place was a bloodbath and there was mm-hmm. body pieces everywhere. Like a skin just hanging. <sighs> Could you imagine? So Catherine was arrested after she came out of her coma mm-hmm. from ingesting pills and initially tried to plead guilty to manslaughter and this was rejected by the prosecution. They were basically like no sorry you're not getting off on manslaughter no. like this is not okay. Uh, she was arraigned on March 2nd 2001 for murder for which she pled not guilty. So, during the jury selection, they were kind of going through. They had gotten rid of, like, six of them um, were in the mm-hmm. process, and all of a sudden, Catherine decided to change her plea to guilty. Yeah, I didn't really understand. It was Mm-mm. something to do with, like, the type of jury that they were... Yep. So, basically, they had, like, told some people that if you feel like you can't be a part of this, if you are already biased, like, you need to step down now. And it was during this step of jury selection that she changed her plea to guilty. So, the judge immediately halted the... F- um, court case and had a psyche eval ordered to prove her sanity so the psychiatrist concluded that she had amnesia amnesia and dissociation from the incident so she didn't remember anything about it she didn't know anything about it but claimed that she was sane but she was also diagnosed with borderline personality disorder which sure that for evidence see above yeah total sense yeah So despite pleading guilty, Catherine didn't want to take responsibility. She still hasn't to this day. Like, she's not going to admit that she did anything wrong. She's not going to admit she killed him. She has basically no sense of remorse for it, whether that be from the disassociation or... At sentencing, her lawyer requested that she be removed from the courtroom to avoid hearing about some of the evidence, probably the skinning and stuff, I would assume. And they refused and basically were like, no, she did this. She needs to she listen in." Yeah. <clears throat> when they discussed the skinning and decapitation, she, like, went berserk, Like, went hysterical and was uncontrollable and had to be sedated. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, November 8th, 2001, j- the judge sentenced her to life in prison without parole due to the violence of the crime and because she basically is taking no responsibility. Yeah. Which a guilty plea technically does... Make you say that you admit your responsibility, but it's also to avoid a trial. So, yeah, uh, she's the first Australian yeah. woman to receive life without parole, mm-hmm. and he specifically requested that her papers be marked never to be released. The, now, this judge did something right. right. Yeah, that he was like, no, the right, the right call. Uh, Two thousand six, Catherine appealed the sentence, claiming the penalty was too severe. You know what's too severe, <laughs> Ms. Knight? <skinning laughs> so, getting your husband. Needless to say, the appeal was quickly denied. To this day, she is still alive and at a penitentiary in New South Wales, Silverwater Women's Correctional Center is yeah. what... where she will live out the remainder of her days. She's currently 64 years old, so... She's got a ways to go. Mhm. What a life. Huh? I know. This was a bad one I got to reading about it and I'm like, "Oh." Yeah. I uh so how we choose our cases is like we each we each pick one mm-hmm. that we want to do and like that obviously as you can tell like the one like one of us leads the discussion yeah. on it. So Morgan texted me, "I'm going to do Catherine Knight." And I was like, Oh, Catherine Knight, she sounds really familiar, so I did, like, a quick Google search, and the first sentence was, like, about how she skinned her husband and tried to feed the meat to Mm -hmm. her kid, and I'm like, oof, Morgan. Yep, not to her kids, to his kids. Or to his kids, I mean, yeah. Yikes. Oh, there's a picture of his house, and there's a lot of blood, as one would suspect. Oh, gosh. It ain't good. Oh, she's yeah, she's quite the, quite the lady. You can. Did you know that you can go on Pinterest and type in forensic science? Oh, cool. But like, but girls. I always. So this is if I had like a different job, so you, I mean, like I work at a at a desk job in a bank. I'm pretty basic, but if I could have a different job, it would totally be to be like a forensic anthropologist or something like not the ones who like go to the gruesome crime scene but the ones who like do the statistics yeah and and like research the yes i would love that as well that'd be really cool if anybody wants to like sponsor my education for that my favorite (laughs) class in college which i went to school for communication (laughs) was sociological statistics yeah because it's interesting It was my favorite class. I loved that class so much, and it was like a, what was it? It was a three-week course. You did a semester's worth of work in three weeks. You had class four days a week for three hours a day, and you had a test every single week, and it was by far my favorite class. The teacher was fantastic, and I, I think that's another kind of, point where I like latched onto these kind of statistics yeah, like and findings about the kind and, of thing. Like the backgrounds of And like mental people. illness. Like the mm-hmm. mental illness stuff is really interesting to me and obviously that played a huge part in this case. So yeah, she I mean very sad that she basically never had a chance, but oh man. Yeah but like and I was thinking Not good. I was thinking about this today. Like yeah there's a ton of you know murderers and stuff that have you know, bad backgrounds, but there are like a ton of normal people out there who also had very bad, really awful backgrounds. So it's like, it's interesting of what all goes into Mm -hmm. somebody's brain chemistry and why they become the way they are. And some people are obviously predispositioned. Yep, for sure. So yeah, yeah. Make sure you check the meat in your stew next time you eat it, I guess. Yeah, make sure oh. that you know where it's coming from. Oh, I just found this. Where she's um, imprisoned, Silverwater Women's Correctional Center, she's known to the other inmates as the Nana. What? hmm Oh, gosh. And she's got a sweet smile and twinkling eyes behind her glasses. Oh, does she? <laughs> yeah. Isn't that nice? That's also interesting to me, like, how people almost thrive in prison Mm -hmm. like they become totally not different people but like just who they become to other people in prison and they aren't necessarily what their crimes were she is uh found she's found religion she paints and knits and acts as a queen bee oh my but i I can't imagine this lady knitting yeah (laughs) and like you let her have knitting needles but that's besides the point The prison officers never take their eyes off her. She is not allowed near knives, and she can't even have a cellmate because they're worried that she'll kill again. Oh, well, that's... Kudos, Australia. You're really keeping this lady in in line. Good job. Queen Bee. She's been there for a long time. Nana. (laughs) Nana, yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. So, there's well, that one, guys. I hope you guys find that one interesting. It got weirder the further on I read. It got so. real weird, yeah. So, until next time, guys. Stay, stay safe, safe and lock, lock your, your freaking, freaking doors. doors. Bye. Bye.